One. Hello and welcome to the first edition of He's Hit the Bar, another football podcast where we do it while having a beer with mates like we're down the pub, the good old days. Each Thursday we'll be delving into the latest news along with some topical debates. If you ever want to hear anything specific or want a particular topic, please tweet us at He's Hit the Bar, P-O-1, and uh, we will try and follow that up for you. Um, my name's Charlie Tipler. Uh, I'm the host for tonight. I'm a uh, Arsenal fan who also follows Aldershot Town uh, when I just can't deal with any more VAR. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by uh, the Tand Adonis, Man United fan and my best man for my wedding. It's Johnny Kay. Say hello, Johnny. And uh, secondly, long-time suffering Spurs fan and don't mention Ross Barkley, it's Johnny Caulfield. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Charlie. And uh, last but not least, uh, Reading supporting Copper, who approves of virtual gatherings only at the moment, it's Jason Redwood. Evening, Jace. And um, happy St George's Day. Let's start on a light note because um, it's pretty miserable times at the moment. How are you all doing? It's uh, it's 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 a little bit tricky at the moment, but I think um, you know, we'll come out of it <laughs> at some point. Um, if you boys could just give me a little bit of a brief synopsis of yourselves, um, starting with JK, uh, let the listeners know a little bit more about yourselves. Yeah, sure. So uh, Johnny K, thirty-two. That's age, not waistline. Um, I am a Man United fan from the eighties. Uh, I cried when my father put me in a Liverpool shirt, and that was promptly changed to a Manchester United shirt, and I had a wonderful childhood. Um, I followed the national team intently, um, I enjoyed going to Wembley, watching the boys, let's um, go going to Old Trafford where it's a bit quiet. Anyway, next. Lovely, thank you very much, JK. And uh, Corf? Yeah, as you mentioned, Charlie, I am a Spurs fan, and like many of the Spurs fans, long time suffering um, for about thirty years now. Season ticket holder for my sins. Um, yeah, I'm weirdly getting used to the lockdown life. So, that's me at this moment in time. Getting very burnt, drinking a lot, and not doing enough exercise. I'm with you there, mate. And um, last of all, uh, Jay, how you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Charles. Yeah, so a Reading fan, and as you always touch upon a police officer as well um yeah just enjoying the lockdown really spent spent time in the garden today um i will give try and give insight into the championship efl lifestyle because none of the other boys really followed other than premier league so um that's me yes beautiful thanks a lot guys um well i mean to kick off really um i mean i've been a bit nonchalant thinking um football's gonna be back um, pretty soon, but the, the more the days go by, um, in regard to the season getting back up and running, I'm a little bit worried and sort of feeling the tide's beginning to turn on this one. Um, how do you guys think the sort of PL and EFL uh, will go? Uh, do you think it'll be scrapped, sort of titles and relegations to be sorted soon, or do you think it'll be null and void? What, what do you reckon, Jase? Um, personally, I think it should be null and void. Um, Good factors, but Euro 2021 next summer, um, and I think the players deserve a, a full full season ahead, um, draw draw line of this season, and then move on to next season. Another void. I know that's going to be um, tough, like Liverpool. 
tough luck with Liverpool fans and the guy yeah so just none of the it's one of those things isn't it like no one predicted this coronavirus pandemic that's hit the world so it's just tough luck really so with the null and void would you say no relegation and give Liverpool the title or no title either and, and crack on from next year no title no relegation just crack on for next year ooh harsh harsh funny but harsh um, no I'm I've, I've got a feeling that's where we're going to be heading but not I just nobody can be 100% I mean I know um, they've been talking about behind closed doors. Um, I don't want you to get a cough because obviously you're a season ticket holder. Um, how do you feel about the scenario? Because you might lose out on money. Um, I don't know how if Spurs have come back to you, but um, they furloughed everyone and anyone then went back on it. So um, how do you feel about the, the sort of scenario, sort of possible behind closed doors football? Imagine if if it was behind closed doors, um, yeah, season tickets would get a refund. If they didn't, I mean, you have a lot of very unhappy fans. Um, you obviously paid for a season ticket and get no football out of it. Well, you do obviously live TV, but not in not in the stadium. Um, just going with the whole end of the season, I can't see how you can just end it as it is now. For example, with you know, you've got so many issues to sort out who, who gets Champions League who gets promoted who gets relegated yeah it just doesn't seem fair to end it now um, so you've got to either go null and void or when it's safe to do so resume the season but that is and, you're, think, you're, you're saying resume the season but must be with fans yeah yeah it's got well I don't know really I mean I personally would have no I mean no, I mean, I, I personally sort of, sorry, I'm batting in a little bit. I, I personally wouldn't eat, I mean, watching TV behind closed doors with a few games just before it all went down, they weren't a good watch, let's be honest. Football, I mean, we all say it, football without fans is, is bugger all. And, you know, if they were to all play at one stadium or St George's Park, I just think it would be... Forget your TV rights and fighting over that. I just think it would be dreadful to what I mean. I, I wouldn't be that interested. I don't know about you. No, 100%. It, it would just go to show if you know it would confirm what most of us know. Yeah, it's all about money and especially mm-hmm. TV money. So if it's behind closed doors, it'd be because they have to get the TV you know contracts sorted out and the clubs need the money from that. Of course, and, yeah, like you say, the fans aren't, aren't considered as much these days, but yeah, I agree with you, it's not. Even watching it on TV with no fans, it's an odd, odd situation. And then probably for the players as well, it'll probably feel like a training game, right? And not a, mm. not a competitive match. So you could obviously argue that the standard of the league could then drop. Um, I mean, if yeah. you can avoid the season now, and uh, you know, next league, next season's Champions League place is decided based on good merit and uh, or where you were last season. And as a Spurs fan, obviously, I'll be happy with Man Boyd. Okay. Considering where our season is right now. I thought I thought that's where you'd be going. To be honest, I mean, um, J.K., if you want to just step in, what what do you think at the moment? I, I think they should follow the Bundesliga. I mean, it's all subject to government and what they would approve. But I see absolutely no reason why they shouldn't finish the sporting season. I think if you were watching it in a pub, you wouldn't necessarily have the volume on. You were a group of if you watching it at someone's house, you wouldn't necessarily, you know worry about whether there was a crowd watching it. I, I don't buy into the standard dropping of footballers if they're out there doing a job for 90 minutes. You know, whether you look at their 
components. They're a safe state on the flag for a contract. They're still there to win. Um, so I, I think they will finish the season. Um, I, I feel less for the Liverpool fans. They're going to win the league regardless. It's more for the Wolves and Leicester. You know, those kind of teams that have done so well to get to where they are. Um, and, you know, you, you don't get the kind of, you know, the fight at the bottom of the, bottom mm. of the league as well. So mm. I, I think it would be wrong not to finish it. If it means without fans for the sake of a few games, I, I don't think it matters. So you, you 100% disagree with Jason then, just to confirm that? Yeah, yeah I, I don't see why it needs to be null avoid. Okay, I mean, I think that the one thing with that, what I'll say is Germany, because they were so far ahead on testing this coronavirus. I mean, they're looking to get back in, start playing in May. Was it that I read? Was it May? Yeah, ninth of May with three hundred and twenty-two fans allowed in. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we're particular. We're, we're not. I don't think we're close enough. I mean, personally, I would just wait until whenever is safe to do so to get a proper end of season finished. But um, it, as Corf said, uh, money does talk, and I think we're sort of between rock and a hard place because everyone sort of is throwing dates out there. I mean, I was watching Sky Sports News this morning. Um, and, and Gary Neville did make a good point. He, he said, yeah, at the moment, people keep putting things back three, four weeks, and we're, we, you know, the death toll and the numbers are still, you know, rapidly rising. Um, so I, I, I'm, it's a difficult one. I mean, I, I, I've got to agree with J.K. I would like to see the season finished, um, and how that's finished, um, I think is. Still up for debate, but um, on sort of moving on from that, um, let's get to actual sort of football news. Um, obviously, Newcastle this week. Um, it looks like the ownership is going to move to Saudi Arabia. Um, and I just want to hear your ideas on that, whether it's right or wrong. Um, I saw be be in sports, um, Middle Eastern network, um, getting involved and sending letters to the uh, Premier League owners uh, about illegal streams and the humanitarian record. And uh, the state of football these days, um, the fans don't really give two hoots um, about who their owner is and where they're from and where the money comes from, as long as there's a transfer budget each window. But uh, I just wanted to see where you guys sort of stood on it. I mean, obviously, um, let's go to JK first. I mean, is the you know is the ethical side of things an interest to you? Obviously, you've got the Glazers as owners, um, but is this just where football is now? Yeah, I don't think it's anything new. I think if you can probably trace it back as what I saw twenty odd years when cash injections were happening all over the shop. It's not just in you know the Premier League, it's just across all of them. I look at Malaga and the like, but it didn't go so well. But I, I just think it's we're all a little bit fickle. You know, it is a business that's been safe for such a long time. We've all been buying shirts and other things back to but you know Is it one of those that if it isn't your club, you you'll sort of, you know, throw any anyone to the wolves but if it's your club, you'll basically just defend it through thick and thin, and, and that's it. I don't think it matters. I, I, I think it's a bit of a media myth, if I'm perfectly honest. I mean, they've got, of course, Chelsea, you know, with the oil money coming in, and mm-hmm. you know, City obviously have their cash, but it's sort of humanitarian rights and all of that. But at the end of the day, I just think they can go and cheer. You know, let them running after a board, don't cheer the guys who are pouring money in from oil and everything else. So, mm-hmm. yes, they're there. Can we do anything about it? No, but we can't. 
Yeah, I I I, I agree to a point. I, I think it sets a bit of a dangerous precedent. That that's where I sit with it. I'm not particularly. I mean, obviously, you, you link things together. So, you know, people say, oh, right, OK, these are coming in. These are your owners. Look at all the money. Uh, this is where the money's from. It's that sort of that side of things. Well, you know, I support Arsenal and, you know, Stan Kroenke. Um, well, he doesn't put money into the club anyway, but um, where the money would come from, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much as long as there was a sort of, you know, a transfer budget and, you know, the club wasn't running in debt, you know, season after season. I think it is a tricky one. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you think about it, Corf. Well, yeah, I agree with JK, really. It's, I mean, he wasn't corrupt these days, really. It's kind of like a, there's not that much money kind of flying around, um, even just at, you know, outside of football. You know, there's a lot of big businesses that, you know, don't pay their taxes, etc. We're not going to go into that. But, yeah, there's so much money in football that, you know, corruption, unfortunately, will happen or does happen. Um and yeah, fans, they are fickle. Yeah, you're right in saying that if it's your club, you probably, yeah, would just, you know, hide behind that and, you know, not, not worry about it, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. And like, you, like Johnny said, you just, you chill and just play on the pitch. Yeah. You don't really worry about where the money comes from. And that's kind of, that's not just in football, that's, I think, in society, really. Like, you know, companies, people still buy from certain companies and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and Jace, have you two tuppence worth? Um, yeah, I guess like it depends how much of a debt is because uh, Mike actually got and how much of a, of a debt are they going to initially taken over and then mm. how much money will be left. I mean, if, if it was all done properly and illegally, then I see no problem with it. And it's just you, you support your team, don't you? Um, and if that means they have rich owners are bringing better players that do you know what actually I think you've just you you brought up another point into it really I think um my bigger issue actually is the fit and proper test um that the Premier League and the EFL I mean actually I'm not even sure the exact process it goes through with the Premier League but um I mean some of the owners um that have gone through the EFL recently um obviously the Berry situation um, Dad's Club Charlton with Mr. Duchatelet. Um I think the fit and proper test needs to be more stringent. Um, would, would you agree on that, Jace? Obviously, supporting a EFL side. Yeah, I mean, if if there's a criteria that they need to hit in order to take over the club, then that needs to be looked at properly and in depth. I mean, uh, Derby are. Derby being investigated for the name rights to their stadium. Um, we're being uh, we're being monitored by the EFL for for the price of our stadium. So there are lots of um, underlying investigations that will still be ongoing if, if they don't hit certain criteria. So yeah, mm. that that, brought, that test needs to be set out and followed and give an idea to supporters what that test actually looks like. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the Newcastle situation is interesting. Obviously, we'll see in the next few months where where it comes to. I don't think they're going to be Manchester City anytime soon. Um, but uh, I think it's an interesting time to see if they can uh, climb up the uh, the table a little bit. Um, moving to um, another story that sort of broke today. Um, 
the Champions League places, possibly. It looks like UEFA have decided it's going to be based on sporting merit. I'm trying not to laugh, actually. Um, I mean, I'll let you boys sort of thrash this one out, um, but it sounds a bit absurd to me. Um, I've sort of noted down classic UEFA. Um, where do you guys sit on it, obviously? Um, we'll go with, with JK first and, and guys sort of chip in when you uh, feel necessary. Yeah, it's a difficult one because obviously I think the season will be finished and it won't be a thing. I think it will be more of an issue yeah, for the leagues that have already finished. Like Belgium's obviously already tied up. The Bundesliga will be done. Um, I can't see how they can not have a consistent approach. I understand the merit system, but you can't have one of them actually being champions and then the others having it awarded on the previous 38 games of the year. Different players, different managers, you know, different everything, really. Mm. So I, my view is, unfortunately, I think the season will be finished. Um, so the merit thing is just thrown out. So sod so, so yellow, red cards and smiling at the ref. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, I, I don't get how it can be a thing because, you know, you've got VAR at certain grounds, not certain grounds, certain games. It's, it's a nonsense. Yeah, and classic UA for nonsense. Yeah, and and Corf obviously Spurs are one of the dirtier sides in the league, so um, you drop like a stone, I imagine. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it baffles me a bit. I can't see how you can do that really. Um, it's it, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem caused if they do yeah, null and void seasons or whatever they're going to do. I mean, like like Johnny said, Belgium league have done it, and now yeah. They, you could argue they don't have as, as many, uh, well, as competitive league like the Premier League, where it would be unfair not to you know allow someone like let's say Leicester this season getting into the Champions League, um, things like that. So yeah, it's it's not it's not fair for me. So yeah, I don't mm. think it should happen, mm. and hopefully it won't happen. Really, it's, yeah. Going back to the earlier point of, of the podcast was I think the season you have to. Let the season play out, really. No matter how long it takes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and obviously, Jace, that's obviously different for you because you're null and voiding, taking the glory away from Liverpool, sending the bastards down. Um, So, obviously, um, Arsenal could possibly win the Champions League next year in your eyes. I mean, like, if... I I think that if I'm going to null and void, the English season then I don't think English teams should enter the Champions League because there's no way of okay this team there is no way of there's, there, there should be no reward for the English teams if the season gets unavoided to be fair so um, yeah that's I think Champions League shouldn't go ahead that's my, that would, my opinion that wouldn't happen that, that can't happen they wouldn't allow that to happen because of the money that the Premier League teams bring in to, like for the Champions League let's be honest you've got some of the best players in the world and the best some of the best clubs in European football in the Premier League so if they're not in the Champions League is the Champions League as good mm. so back to back to TV rights but then, when do we finish this season then because obviously Euros are Euros next what next June uh, June July time when is this season finished? When is that season start? How many league games next season are going to be? So many unanswered questions. It just makes perfect sense that I'm for this season. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Okay, this season's going to be ended. Okay. Don't have a All results don't stand. And then start the new season from when, when from the 9th of August. 
Yeah, I'm going to quickly cut in, guys. Obviously, um, I organise this for a Thursday night, and obviously the situation we're in at the moment. Um, we're going to have a quick pause and have a quick clap for our NHS workers and our first uh, first responders, as the Americans would say. And we'll be back with you shortly. All right. Cool. Cheers. Sounds good. Oh I missed that. OK, thanks and uh, welcome back to He's Hit the Bar. Uh, we just had a quick stoppage to uh, clap uh, for our carers uh, at the moment in this uh, in this unprecedented time, to be honest. Um, I've never seen anything like it, and neither of the guys, and hopefully we never will again. But um, we're trying to keep things light-hearted here, and um, we, uh, we left off um, on the Champions League places... Um, to be decided on sporting merit um, on behalf of UEFA. And we pretty much, I think, laughed it off because we all think it's a pretty much a shocking idea. Um, and I think it's safe to move on now. Now, um, as it's St George's Day, I think um, we should turn the focus uh, on to England. And um, Euro 2021, um, that FIFA are still insisting will be called Euro 2020, but uh, don't get me started on that. Um, I think it's time for a good old-fashioned uh, squad prediction for next summer. Um, we're going to do it um, position by position. Obviously, these days, um, when you get to midfielders, it gets a bit um, spicy as who's a, you know, a midfielder to an attacker to a winger to a number 10. But we will try and work it out. Um, but it's quite safe to say there'll be three keepers in the squad. And I think... Um, We'll um, we'll all have a little go at this, and um, then we'll lock lock them in. Really, um, for me, um, I would actually have Nick Pope as number one for next summer, um, and I think Pickford will be in the squad as well. And I think actually this this little delay works out for Henderson um, of Sheffield United, and obviously Manchester United. Um, but they're, they're my three keepers. So um, obviously, um, guys, what do you think? We'll um, we'll start with J.K. on this one. So I've I've gone Pope, Pickford, and Henderson. Yeah, I've got the same three, but in a totally different order. Um, you think Henderson's um, going to be number one, don't you? I prefer Henderson to Pope. Pickford for me is too rash. He would actually be my third choice goalkeeper. Too um, rash. I, I would go. I'd go Henderson followed well Henderson number one, Pope's number two, and Pickford number three. To be fair, there's not a huge amount of difference between Henderson and Pope. I just prefer Henderson. I think he's more commanding. I think he's got less errors in him. Um, and I actually think he's had a worse defence in front of him. Um, and, ironically in terms of players, but and just, personal opinion. And just quickly, mate, actually, I'm just gonna quickly go off on a tangent because uh, well I can. Um would you have Henderson back at United as soon as next season to compete with De Gea? Okay, so you go right. Same three keepers for Johnny. Um, what you got there, Corf? Yeah, we've got same three keepers. Um, Don't say a different order for God's sake. No, same, same <laughs> order as JK, um, 
Okay. Missing this old one if it was Euros Next. 2021. Okay. So, yeah. Um, for me, yeah, Henderson would be number one. That's that's me assuming he's going to have another good season. Um, yeah. Do you think there's that that there's that slight worry? I think that Henderson could suddenly be back at United and playing cup games. Um, and not having a full season in goal. That's my slight worry on that. Does anyone sort of agree, disagree? Yeah, that could be a concern. Um, I think if it was you know, if it was now, I think Pope would be would urge it for number one for me. So I think yeah, Pickford is probably lucky to even make the squad if we had other kids. Ooh, um, catty. Pickford, yeah, he's, yeah. I liked him as a keeper a couple of seasons ago. He's just not really... He's a bit brash. He's a bit brash. Yeah. So for me, yeah, I think, yeah, based on how the current season was panning out, uh, I would say yeah, Henderson would have, you know, for next, well, for the Euros in, in 2021, for me, Henderson, yeah. if he gets games, uh, then, yeah, I feel like there's going to be clubs that are going to come in for him, I think, in the Premier League if, I don't know, if he would sit, sit on the bench at United. Of course. Um, yeah, no, I understand that. And to be honest, I think, you know, it's, it's, this is where football agents can make a terrible choice for a goalkeeper, especially. Um, it's one of those positions. But uh, are, are, you the, are you the same with all of those, Jace? Yeah, same with three. Um, but I do think, I do think Gareth will stick with his first choice in Pickford. Um, unless he has a... Unless it, yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. I mean, obviously we'd be we'd be a lot clearer if we were sort of starting in a few weeks. Obviously, when we're we're, we're discussing a year ahead of the time, and they could have a season and a half under their belts, or they could have a couple of games depending on what what's going to happen in the next few months, um, health wise. But um, so I think it's safe to say that we're going. Then um, I think well, the, the the majority will say Henderson is going to be starting um, next season in our uh, list there, and then between. Um, between Pope and Pickford to uh, fight it out for um, number two, as it were. Just one last thing to throw in there. It'd be interesting to see where Jack Butler goes in the summer. I think he's missed his chance, Jace. Stoke are a very poor side, and I think he's better than Stoke. So if a lower end Premier League side comes in for him, then it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. I know he's still young. I don't actually. I, I don't know what you guys think. I think he's actually missed the boat with with not moving one or two seasons beforehand. Now, Butland. Yeah, I mean he's twenty seven. Um, he's not. You know, I know it's like keepers tend to go a little bit longer, but I, I tend to think that you know he's been available for so long technically, and nobody's gone for him. Uh, that's why see that's that's where I uh, I hate agreeing with you so often mate but uh, that's if you know Butland was the next up and coming cert to be number one after well Joe Hart wasn't he you know we were all sort of saying Butland come on he's he's there and he stayed with Stoke and that's my worry is the fact there were at least three or four Premier League clubs that needed a goalkeeper and none of them put an offer in, which I I think speaks sort of quite la- quite loudly. Yeah, I mean the one that still annoys me is Ben Foster because he is still a wonderful goalkeeper on his day. Well, that's the he thing he he made he just, he just made the mistakes in big games for you guys, didn't he? Really? Exactly. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Mm. He should have been the one really. But, um, yeah, I think it was it was. 
Go on, Corf. Play your centre midfield for Southampton, but they will do. Yeah, Romero, I mean, he's a good keeper, but I would say he's the two best in, in the Prem, if that's who you're referring to. Mm, I think um, oh, I think he's one of the best number twos. I think he's one of the best number twos, but um, he would walk into many a, many a side in the Premier League. But I don't, I, yeah, I mean, you know, if you had Henderson and De Gea, one would be unhappy and it wouldn't be the Spaniards. So um, I think we're going to. Move on to the defenders now, if that's all right, chaps. Um, first of all, I think the best way to do it is um, if we go two right. I'm sort of thinking two right backs, three centre backs, and two left backs. Um, when I say left backs, left wingers these days, and, and right wingers. But um, uh, Jace, who have you who have you gone for on the, the right hand side? Um, well, I've gone for the obvious one, Trent. Yeah. Also gone for you gone for um, one Bissaka, okay. Because I think, I don't think there's a better defending fullback in the Premier League than one Bissaka. The, 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 the one thing I see with one Bissaka, this is where I'm a little bit controversial. Do you think he, he slide tackles because a lot of the defending he does is last ditch? His positional work needs... His position of sense needs work because that's why he makes so many last ditch tackles. Is that what you mm. mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, Kyle Walker a few seasons ago, you know, his pace saved him a lot. So, mm. you know, yeah, he was running back, last ditch slide tackles, makes it look great, looks like you can defend really well, mm-hmm. but actually you're out of position and you're lucky you've got the pace to get back in. Yeah. Yeah, going for the turn forward. Yeah, got Jake, sorry, you're coming. You know, I, I, his, his, um, what's what you call it? His, Way he way he reads read the play, way he sort of shadows the shadows the wing of the attackers. Um, yeah, he he for me is, is up there with uh, Trent. I think mm. that's the best right backs in the Premier League at the moment. I think it's a good blend with those two because depending on the sides we play, you know, if if we were in a group game against the team, we should beating I would play Trent because his final ball and he gets up that wing but if we are playing a good side maybe having a look at wan as the more defensive option obviously he can still go forward um, but I think they're, they're a solid two what do you what, who have you gone with JK? Yeah I've got the uh, same two same two uh, but I think a lot of it for me will go on to it depends on when you play three centre-backs and Corf, who have you got starting it on, on the right hand side? Yeah, I've got the same, same two. Uh, mm-hmm. Trent would be uh, number one because I think he's probably the best right back or right wing back in, in football, basically, right now in mm-hmm. European football. So, yeah, he's uh, number one, and then Juan Bissaka. Yeah, it wouldn't be, you know, if we had an injury to Trent and Alec Van Arnold, I wouldn't be worried if we had to play Juan Bissaka. Right back, I think, yeah, as as we just said, I think he's, he's got a lot to his game. Um, yeah, so that would be a worry for me if we had to bring him in. 
Were there any others, guys, that, that you sort of thought about and went against? Or? I think it's a shame for Trippier. Yeah, I think Trippier was one, yeah. Mm. Yeah, just, I, I think he was, I don't mean unfairly pushed out of Spurs, because obviously, Curtis Madrid's not exactly a bad I was going to say, is it a bigger club? <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, there we are. There we are. All, all the way from Aylesbury. Yeah, there we go. Um, I know he has had a great season, um, but. There's a lot of loyalty in England. He's never let him... Uh, this is the one thing he's... Sorry, sorry he's, he's never let Gareth down. He does stick with... I mean, Trippier, for a lot of people, even for um, the, the World Cup, there was quite a few pushing for right back and he stuck with Trippier. Um, and his, obviously his set-piece work is very good, but um, he had a dreadful season with Spurs. Yeah, you, you could play Carl, Carl Walker as well if... You know, it, uh, I know he hasn't had a great season, but he could he could play as a centre back if you were playing through the you know, through the back. Okay. Um, has, uh, um, has Walker had his England duties taken off him after the uh, sex party duty? Um, uh, has, he, has he been? Has he been we need to be fair. We needed it. We need to really get our teeth into a, a Sun exclusive where seven of the women give their side of the story. Um, but uh, until we uh, until we see that, then. Uh, we don't know, but I think yeah. Walker, because um, well, that actually leads me nicely on to um, uh, Grealish coming up. But um, I think we can safely say Trent and Wambasaka then, because I was looking at those two. Um, and on the left-hand side, um, what, what do you reckon, JK? I've got for Luke Shaw and Chilwell. Luke Shaw and Chilwell. And who would you have, who would you have starting? Chilwell at the moment? Honestly, I, I don't know about those two. Sure, I think the spur on by Brandon Williams at United. I think he's, you know, unfortunately, his return to has been cut short. But mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly don't know. But I think sure defensively, uh, yeah, but sure well attacking. But it's a difficult one. I wouldn't be upset if either of those started. Yeah, and obviously, again, it then then depends on um, you know the three at the back and 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 where we go with that. Corf, what what have you done on the left hand side? Oh, this is boring, isn't it? <laughs> right now, if you if you base it now, again, on, if the Euros were now, I'd say Chirwell starts. Yeah. Um, just because he's had more in the games recently. However, we're looking potentially Euro twenty twenty one. Um, if Shaw continues how he you know how he was playing, I think mm-hmm. you know he could get back to the Luke Shaw you know everyone thought he was going to be a few seasons ago, so he could you know. You know yeah. But then again, we don't know how well Chilwell would progress as well. Yeah, and to be fair, it's it's yeah, it's it's always a tricky one. I mean, these used to be simple when we were picking four four twos, but um, formations have changed somewhat. And and Jay, so what what have you gone for? You gone for the same? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Chilwell. Jesus, this isn't a very good debate so far, is it? All right, okay, well. Yeah, as long as he uses that, I was going to say, as long as he loses the rest of that chub uh, that he's uh, that he's got, then um, he'll be fine. JK's quiet there. <laughs> okay, perfect. Right. Well, we'll move on to centre backs then. Um, who are we thinking, Jace? We'll start with you as you're on the mic. Um, I've got 
also a Maguire, Gomez, mm-hmm. and Michael King. My three. Oh, Michael King. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought we'd get a few vomit noises yeah, after King. Okay, um, well, after hearing those um, sound effects in the background, do you want to pipe up, JK? Uh, well, to be fair, we are quite linked up, so anything beyond Gomez and Maguire. Personally, I've been impressed by Conor Cody. Um, I think it's a full plan. You know, become the centre-back, I quite like him. Tyrone Means has made a great shout for himself. And John Sait, I still think he's, he's at the wrong level. He needs to move. Slightly less pressure. He can be a better player. Um, mm. If hard pushing somebody to start tomorrow, based on the season he's had, I'd have Gomez, Maguire, Cody as my three. Okay, I'm I'm with you. I mean, it wasn't. I didn't pick him because I sort of went with um, what I think will be picked as much as what I'd like. But Connor Cody should have been called up already for England with his performance as the consistencies for for Wolves. He is an eight out of ten every week, and that's what you want from your centre back. Um, and he doesn't make any howlers. Um, but um, yeah, no good three there. Um, and and Corf. Yeah, so this is the, the problem area I think for England centre backs. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've actually got five written down. Um, Gomez and Maguire would be obviously first choice, mm-hmm. and then I would go with Stones because I think he is still technically one of our best defenders. Not scared of not scared of a howler in a big game. Yeah, good shout. Um, and this is the one with a can of worms. Um, get it's going to be Spurs, isn't it? Probably get, probably get laughed off here, but uh, Jaffet Tanganga at Spurs. Um, I haven't seen him play. Is that under 17s, under 21s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. um, okay. I mean, another season under his belt, if he's playing you know, regularly, then Southgate likes to play a younger defender and playing at one of the, you know, the top teams in the Premier League. Yeah. Okay. And with England. So we've got a... Sorry, go on, JK. No, I was going to say, he's an interesting one because he's, he's made very few appearances. I looked at him earlier. He's made very few appearances through the age groups. He's not got a single captain. He's come straight in. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, he's, yeah, he's going to be well, Roma want him full stop by the looks of things, and he's yeah. he's been playing well for them. I never personally dislike Small, and I think again he's been one of these very unlucky centre backs that have had poor partners alongside him. Um, I'm not saying he's the best football in the world, but um, I I never thought he was that bad. You know, it was it was unfortunately you know I'm I'm Chris Smalling and I'm Phil Jones. As, as that, that it was it was that partnership that um, that, that frightened everyone to be honest. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think Maguire and Gomez we can lock in there. 
Um, we've got to agree on a third from or, or if we're picking more defenders, then let me know. Okay. I think inside the third we're having Gomez. Oh, sorry, that's you. I was going to say, you're saying you could go. This is actually, if we were going through at the back, then one thing. Eric Dyer? The next one. <laughs> well, not Eric Dyer, but Declan Rice, because you mm. could then use him as a centre back if we had an injury. Um, so you could go for three, yeah, three centre backs in the, the seven defenders. Well, we, we've. Overall. We've got to tick along because obviously we've got midfielders and attackers to do. Um, so if we went Maguire, Gomez, I think the majority of us went with Stones. Um, and then we can go back um, and possibly have a look at holding midfielders that can be um, can go in at centre-back and, and we'll have a look at that. Obviously, midfielders opens up um, massively. So... Um, if if we look at the middle of the park straight away, I think Henderson's nailed on, um, and it's who's alongside. Um, so, obviously, Rice, do we think is going to be there as well? I wouldn't have been the squad. I think you've got either, either have someone like Rice or Dyer who can play centre back, um, and I'd say Declan Rice just edges it. I, I, they're not the type of players I'd like to see in the England team. To be honest, um, I prefer the, the ones that can just get the ball down and play. You know, Jack Wilshire. Um, yeah, <laughs> you need better players than that. But, um, yeah, Declan Rice, I think, yeah, has to be considered because you can just play in centre back as well. Jason. Like Lily King back in the day. Um, yeah, I he plays for me because then it allows you for him sorry JK you've you've lost that lost out on that one mate um I mean who who are we looking on the um I mean we, we've sort of got those two but I'm interested in actually what you guys have picked as sort of um the sort of the why, why, why do we need a midfielder to play a centre back if we're taking four centre backs I'm not going all oh, right, so let's, let's not bother with Declan Rice. Let's leave him at home. If, no, we've got three centre-backs, and normally the way, you know... We've currently got... Played is you drop your centre-back here. Your defensive midfielder into your centre-backs to allow your full-backs to push on without exposing yourself too much to your back. So, yeah, I think it's tricky, because like I said, I like to watch, you know, you like to see attacking football, not Declan Rice or Eric Dyer or... Who's just going to play sideways passes, but I just think they need someone a bit more busy, like a Harry Winkson, you know. Mason Mount? Sort of sweeps behind. Different players like that. Yeah, I think Winks and Henderson, I would say, would be my two in the starting center fields. And Mount has a good backup. I think, um, I I think it's uh, who's having a sweetie, by the way. Who's who's unwrapping something? Come on, come on! Somebody must be having a snack. Blimey, right? Um, so I think, um, I think let's. I think if it's, um, I think we're safe to say that I, I quite like Harry Winks. I think he's a busy little player. Um, I think people do jump on his back quite quickly when Spurs, particularly, have a bad game. It's he, he does carry the can quite a bit. Um, 
but I do think actually he'll take all three. Um, but if we say for now, I mean, I think you're outnumbered, unfortunately, on the Rice side of things, JK. But if he's actually said Henderson, Rice and Winks, and then what are we doing on the on the wings? I mean, Corf, what, what have you sort of looked at on the wings and, and that side of it, or attacking? Uh, well, two obvious choices for me, Sterling and Sancho. Um, yeah. Look at that. Um, I know this is a real left left field um, shout, and it might re- I'd be really embarrassed if it, if I found out he's Welsh or something. Um, Todd Campwell for Norwich. What what uh, what what? Because I've seen him do well in the big games, and um, obviously I know Johnny usually hates picking somebody who's in a struggling team and at the bottom of the league, but um, I think he's he's played well above his. Uh, but above their league position. I think Norwich play nice football. I don't have a problem with Norwich. He's played just a game when they need to you know, play with someone. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Uh, he's been the same brand as Hudson and Dodge for me. He's just a couple of legs. It's so difficult. I think he, he struggled to pick those two over your likes of Greenish and Madison who have done a little bit more in the last season or so. Yeah, and, and, and obviously we, we, we just touched upon um we said Madison there and and um Grealish obviously um Grealish decided to park his brains on the side of the road um with with non-matching slippers the other week um Jace do you think he's burnt his bridges with Gareth Southgate before even getting into one of his squads yeah because it's not the first time that he's done so stupid. I mean, when he was 19, 20, he went to Henry's and got himself paralytic drunk. So We've like, all been there. Definitely not. I just think he lacks, I think he lacks responsibility at times. Okay. Um, so I, I wouldn't pick him. Yeah, I've a question mark on him. Talent is worthy of it, but I don't think his headspace mm. is quite there. And going back to Leicester, I'm just again. This is I might might be shooting myself in in the foot again. Um, if he's not English, um, Harvey Barnes. Again, uh, really good players like Campbell had great great seasons. Um, but there are people ahead of him, aren't there? That's the thing. Yeah, there's people you can put ahead of him. I mean, that's why we haven't. No one's mentioned him just yet. Um, I was waiting to see if anyone did, but obviously I'm going to mention him. Is Deli Ali? I think he should be in there. Yeah, I'll put down as well. Deli Ali. Does he? I think it's um, better than Frank Lampard. Is it the same age? Frank Lampard. He was a player. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
get get the other important goal. I had him actually in big fat capital letters, and it still makes me depressed that we sold him to the Scousers. Um, he that that one particularly hurt a lot more than actually sort of the Walcott and the, and sort of the other players we've let go. Ox, I always thought there was a player there, and and Klopp has um has, has done a lot for him to be honest because he he's a superb footballer. So I think Ox is um a, a shoe in uh, as long as he stays fit. What about Jesse? Not for me. Not doesn't do enough. You know, he, he just doesn't do enough. Wouldn't even make the uh, Scottish national team, even if they, you know, pay for it. I was being facetious, precious. Yeah. Yeah. Facetious? No, he's not in the squad either. I one that has been mentioned again. Mm. Um, you've got to look ahead of potentially you know, Euros twenty twenty one is Ruben Loftus Cheek. Yeah, I had Loftus cheat, and obviously, um, you know, it's where um, I've actually got um, Rashford in my um, sort of midfield slash attacking players rather than strikers. But it's I think Rashford um, will probably um, go under the the, the strikers. But um, what I'm going to do quickly, guys, is we're we're just going to take a quick break um, and we'll be back in a couple of seconds and we will finalise our midfield and we'll get on to the strikers. Cheers. And welcome back to part three of He's Hit the Bar. Um, we left it um, in the middle of a midfield conundrum. Um, we came up with quite a lot of names and um, I think the majority will be in with a shout of getting into the squad next summer. Um, To go through those names again, um, uh, we've got Henderson, uh, Rice, Winks, Sterling, Sancho, Madison, Grealish, Deli Alley, The Ox, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Mason Mount and Ross Barkley. So Chelsea are doing quite well in this. Um, I think it's time to sort of Trim three names basically off the list, um, guys, um, and we can move on to the fun bit, which is the strikers. So, um, I mean, personally, I out of that bunch, um, I would say Madison will probably go instead of Grealish um, for what Grealish has been up to. I don't think that will sit well with Gareth. Um, I would probably say Hudson Adoy will be unlucky to miss out but I think he will miss out um, and I think I think Ross Barkley will miss out because I think Mason Mount will have a good season season and a half under his belt at Chelsea um, before next summer so what do you guys think about that um, start with Jason uh, yeah I agree with those they that you cut out um, yeah I have really upset I've done that one I agree Oh God, that's that's. Uh, is, I must be doing something right. Uh, J.K., what do you reckon? I, I think it's a difficult one. I think we we could actually go to the forwards mm. uh, rather than going to the strikers, and actually you can shift out Sterling and Sham, Sterling and Sancho from the midfield, and actually they go to the strikers because I actually think we talked about centre backs in the biggest problem, but I actually think the strikers are. Um, so my preference would be to shift Sterling and Sancho out, yeah, um, and retain the midfield as it is. Okay, that's cool. And and Corf, would you agree with the names being taken out, or are you going to go rogue like Johnny? No, well, I always thought I was going to be on the edge anyway. Uh, I haven't seen enough of it to, to justify 
England squad just yet, maybe. Mm. Um, he's outside charge yet. Um, Grealish, yeah, because of what he's done off the field, I think he's kind of messed up his chances there. And I, I do kind of agree with JK here, where he could, you could move someone. Yeah, like Sterling even could be, yeah, could be classed as one of the, the strikers. Mm-hmm. He could. I mean, it's going to open up a, a debate, but I think he you could class him as better, better forward than say Tammy Abraham. Well, debating is what we are here for, mate. That and uh, drinking Strongbow by the liters. So, um, okay. Well, if we if we move on to strikers, then I mean straight away. I mean, <laughs> I've I've got Sterling actually originally written as a striker, and I've actually gone Sterling, Kane, Rashford, Greenwood. Because I think I think Greenwood will be. Like a rich man's Theo Walcott of the 2006 World Cup squad, but he'll play. I mean, Kane and Rashford are in, aren't they? Oh, 100%. Um, if you're talking Greenwood, you could you could consider Albert Lewin. Oh, you love a big striker, Jake, don't you? Hey, the part of the six foot club. I, I haven't got Glen Murray. You haven't got Glen Murray though. And and to the people listening for the first time, uh, Jason does have a love in with Glenn Murray, uh, but we'll we'll move on quickly. Just a tad, mate. Just a tad. Um, and and are we keeping? Are we sort of saying then Sterling is more of an, a sort of an attacking option because he can play as a central player if needs be? Um, I've I've got him in midfielders. You've got him in midfielders because I've gone for four out of the wide five out outside and Sterling and Sancho as attacking midfielders. If you like. Yeah. Okay. Um, who are you struggling, Josh? Uh, well, Kane, Rashford, Cavalier, and Tammy Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, 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 only one, the only other one I'd avoid with is, and that's obviously if it was being played next month rather than next year with, with Danny Ings, um, just because he didn't score goals this season, or he deserves some sort of call up to the English squad. Um, and you've always said my theory is if you're playing well, then they said get picked. So he's, he's scoring goals. And I think Van Vardy, I think, has maybe scored more than him this season. I think with Danny Ings, it's, it's the classic. If we're talking about six weeks away from the first game, I think he'd have a real chance. But he's a, he's a year and six that's weeks. That's what Bob Burt means, it's because it's next year now, next month. Yeah. Um, J- JK? 
yeah, I'd, I'd kind of done it two ways. I, I went with the Sterling and Sancho option of playing of Kane and Rashford. Um, then, but if, then if I was doing it the other way, like everyone else, then I've got four strikers and Kane, Rashford, Greenwood. Yeah, so, so you're going with Greenwood, Greenwood shout as well. Mm. The only reason I think with Greenwood is I think United won't sign a striker. Um, I think they'll go for, you know, they reinforce themselves elsewhere. I think they'll keep the Galo and therefore Greenwood will play a lot more for one that that's the interesting thing because obviously the Harry Kane link was there. I'm just moving slightly off it, and obviously with everything going on and clubs losing money hand over fist, I think it's going to be a massive wake up call to the the transfer fees that were going, you know, mental in the last eighteen months to two years. And I just don't think that, you know, we, we were close to getting to 200 million for a player. And I think we're going to go back into the realms of normality again. I don't know if you guys uh, agree on that. I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes up. I, I think, bear in mind, we've only actually been in this for, what, two months? I, I'm not sure. The game receipts are one thing, but, you know, still commercial sales or anything else that football clubs do, partnerships. They're all three, four year contracts. Mm. And we've been in this for two months. It's mm. nowhere near the global impact people think it's. Yeah. Might be as well. Could be better. Not just that, though. It's match day revenues, isn't it? It's fans coming in paying 15, 20 quid for food and stuff. Times up by four. It's the smaller clubs. Yeah, but they're not going to pay £200 million for a striker. I, I was sorry. I was more. I was more speechless of fifteen to twenty quid for food. I'm. I'm thinking fifty quid if you're going to um, um, Premier League. Um, sorry, I'm. I'm speaking from the low, low tendency. Medes- pasties. Yeah, pasties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stealing. All right then. Well. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one. So, I mean, if we go back through it then, so if we were to go with technically three strikers, stri- I think the word striker is the problem, really. I mean, I would almost say Kane, Rashford and Sterling then. Are we, are we agreeing on that? Or are we saying Kane, Rashford and Greenwood or Calvert-Lewin and Sterling is one of the midfield options? So what's that check? Sancho is a midfield option at the moment. Well, we've got if if you look at uh, we're at the moment, so we've got the three keepers, we've got the two right backs, uh, two left backs, three centre backs. It's the midfield. So at the moment, I've got um, going against Henderson, Rice, Winks. Um, we've got Sancho, Madison, Ali, Ox, Loftus Cheek, and Mason Mount. And it's where we put Sterling, really. Yeah, I think that's the shout. I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to be scoring goals for us, hopefully. Um, and uh, in regards to the, the international side of things, just quickly step back in the squad. What do you, do we think? There's going to be any internationals this this year, or do we think it's just going to literally be straight into next year, a few warm up games, and then the tournament? Corf. Uh, well, personally, I'd like to see. Yeah, we just a few warm up games and get to you know the tournament. I think most international friendlies are uh, pretty pointless. Um, I think the only 
relevant when you get post the tournaments. To be honest, I know I understand you've got to get a squad together, but what's the point of getting a squad together? You know, six months before a tournament. Um, I think that's why the um, just I think that's why the Nations League for me is, is really worked because I mean we had a you know that, that um, Croatia game at Wembley was one of the best atmospheres I've been to there. Yeah, I think with any any level of football, I think when there's a trophy involved, um, yeah, everyone gets on board. And that's why you know it's a completely different subject, but why the cups are so important. I think once your club is in the cup and and you're getting closer to that final, I don't I don't think it matters what. What it is, whether it's the well, what it used to be called the JPT, um, anything like that. I think you want to, you want to see your club or country win something. So yeah, I think the nation league's been yeah been really good to be honest. Mm. And um, I, I mean, going forward, um, obviously um, for next season, and talking of cups, there, do you think? Um, I mean, personally, I, I think the sensible decision for next season to, to create less games straight away would say um, we we have the league season, we have the FA Cup, but let's say no replays, but scrap the League Cup for a season. What do you, what do you reckon? Amen. Yeah? Um, I, I think, again, you've got to consider the lower leagues, haven't you? That's their cup. Um I know they don't normally get to the final, but it's money, it's more revenue for them. The Jace will probably have more uh, input in that, but I think you, you can't kind of. I know I am one, but you can't really be a Premier League snob. Um, you've got to consider lower league teams as well. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. It depends on the protection, though, right? I personally think that the League Cup, the FA Cup, should say because as Corfus touched but like is it does like the start sort of around one where championship league start and then maybe get some like a run before before it's coming from round three. So, so it's good, it's good they receive in terms of money potential games on the TV. Huh? But they play a second string. They but they don't even turn up themselves with a full strength squad because they're worried about the league game at the weekend. But then if they get a they get a so-called big side that then that game could be on television where it's saying generates TV value it's just generates more people to the ground so on so on so, so just a quick one then so if you were to keep them Jace would you would you be with maybe scrapping replays or are you saying that obviously that's where the, the money comes in for the smaller clubs so they have to st- I'm just trying to think of ways to you know create less gains but you still have a result you know I think we should keep everything as it is and scrap or keep as it was for this season like scrap replays from whatever it was whatever round it was this, uh, this season uh, currently mm. so I, I don't see any change in you personally okay and obviously talking about cups I can't believe we've almost gone an hour and a half and we have this is the first mention of VAR but I don't know how looking back at the FA Cup this season you can have a tournament where basically depending on who's playing at home you've got different rules. Um, so a Premier League team that can take advantage of VAR um, and say an all-championship tie can't. And I just cannot believe that has been okayed. I don't know whether I'm just old-fashioned, but I just think that is wrong. Um, JK? Yeah, I think, as we mentioned with the whole Champions League qualification team, 
that's a European consistency thing. So it has to be consistent in every competition you take your part in. Otherwise, there's an unfair advantage somewhere along the line. Mm. So for me, if a cup competition says it has VAR or doesn't have VAR, then everybody plays by the same rules. You can't have half and half nonsense. Yeah. VAR. I don't think we do. We'll do away with it. We've got goal line technology. Um, that's, that's the biggest one for me. I mean, and then having VAR is taking take away the debates of if that was offside or was that a foul, was it a red card? I think. I think it's just a waste of money, basically. It's just like no one knows how to use it properly. There's so many different weird having to draw lines on plays to see if they're offside or not. I mean, that can't be right. But that's, that's the rule, though, right? Rather than VAR itself. So, it's, VAR as a technology is It's the implementation. I think I think where UEFA cocked it, um, they should have waited another season and said this is UEFA saying for the European leagues under our um, jurisdiction, you use it and you you use it all the same way. That that's where I haven't got it. I, I just can't believe the Premier League are so big headed to we are going to use it this way and the rest of Europe are wrong where it seems to be, for me, the referee, and I'm, I'm sure I've, t- I've talked to Corf many a time on this, the referee should have to go to the guy in the truck at, as a last resort. First of all, he should be able to go to the screen at the side of the pitch and make his own decision still. Am I right? No, no, that's definitely what should happen. I mean, I was, in, I was enjoying this uh, first podcast. Too. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry. The whole thing's a farce, yeah. They need, I agree it can benefit the game, but it needs a lot of work. Yeah, um, yeah the rules need to change the way they use it. Um, like Jimmy said, there's consistencies throughout the league. You can't have some games, like you said in the FA Cup, you can't have some teams not having it, some teams having it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's mad. Guy in the studio saying this is offside, one guy going to the pitch side monitor, it's all inconsistent, and that's where you get an inconsistent results mm. uh, and decisions from it. So, yeah, well, what I, I cleverly sidetracked everyone there because I was um, Johnny worried me by um, questioning how many players we had in the squad, um, and um, actually quite quite nicely we have we do have room for one more striker, um, and that is counting Sterling as a striker. So we've got Sterling, Kane, and Rashford. Give me one more striker, guys. Give me a striker that is going to be 89th minute against. Italy in the final at Wembley next summer, limbs everywhere. It's gonna land on this guy's head, shin, ass. I don't care. Who's it gonna be? I think it depends who it should be or who's it gonna be. It should be Jamie Vardy, but it won't be. He, yeah, only if I think only you know. Unfortunately, only if Kane is broken in half will Vardy come back. I'm gonna say. To make his, I I'd say Calvert Lewin over Abraham. I've got to be honest. Yeah, Abraham. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has done well. He has done well, but he's had a shed load of chances. He's missed as well. Yeah, he was a bit like the way Lukaku played, where you had ten shots and one might go in. Yeah, exactly. And if he was playing for a lesser side, enough half-time opportunities. And yeah, so it's United Chelsea. Yeah. So this yeah, is this is the exciting bit then. So our yeah. our squad 
for next summer's Euro 2020. See what I did there, FIFA. Um, our keepers are Henderson, Pope and Pickford. And we sort of think that Henderson or Pope will now be the number one choice. Um, our defenders um, on the right-hand side will be Trent, Alexander-Arnold and Wan-Bissaka. On the left-hand side, Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell. And in the middle, uh, Maguire, Gomez and or Stones. The midfielders, um, Henderson, uh, Rice, who is is a debatable one, but um, we'll move quickly on. Um, Harry Winks, um, Jaden Sancho, James Madison, Deli Alley, uh, The Ox, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Mason Mount. So a good mixture of sort of youth and experience, I think, in there. And up top or coming off the wing or just floating around that six-yard box, we've got Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It's coming home. It's coming home, I believe. Um, to, to finish off, guys... Um, and obviously, thanks, Zach, because that is always a bit of a headache, that. And to be fair, we usually argue a lot more. Um, I think we agreed quite a lot there, which is a bit of a shame for the first podcast. I was waiting for a bit more, you know, angry, beery swearing. But um, we have been kicked out of many a curry house. Um, I'm prepared to have it over Declan Rice. If you really want it, I'm prepared to have it. Um, oh, we're we're going to say, we're going to say, we're going to say it for another time. So I actually want to end on one of the, um, one of the bits I asked you to have a little um, think about. Um, it's, it's the first and last match you went to. Um, and I'd like to go, I'll, I'll go with Jace first of all. Um just your first, from what you can remember, your first match day um, and your last and, um, yeah, a little bit about those two. Uh, the last one is more recent. That was only February. That was. Well, I would imagine it would be more recent than your first one. <laughs> Come on, Jake. Uh, <laughs> that water's going to your head. Uh, yeah, so the last one I went to was Reading Wigan and that was way full for like um, you, I bet you were, you were hoping for coronavirus by then, weren't you? I was hoping for the season to be done then. <laughs> what was the score in that one? is going to be well happy listening to this. <laughs> the, atmosphere, the atmosphere at Prenton Park was unreal. There was about 10,000 pounds there, but it was just... Bouncing. Bouncing. Great shout. Out. Great shout. No, I'm happy to hear best match if you can't remember your first one. Cheers for that, Jace. Um, JK, what was what, what was your first and last or your best and last? Yeah, do you know, I, I took the international approach because yeah. I found it slightly easier for my topic, but... Um, the first game I remember going to as a kid was actually a Van of England schoolboy games. Um, mm-hmm. Actually watching the likes of Mike Lowen, 
Joe Carl, oh, wow. Ronicky, Wes, Wes Brown. Uh, they being those guys come through the academies was, was fascinating. So that, that's kind of my first memory. I won't quite particular game, but mm-hmm. actually last week's not one of the best games I've been to. It was you probably which was England Croatia game. It was amazing, wasn't it? I, I don't think that'll be topped for you know a short while, whether that was out the old field or the we, to be fair, we were sat in a in a Wembley boozer by I think ten ten thirty, um, and we were with Sean, and he will be a guest on one of these podcasts coming up soon. So um, yes, a shout out to uh, Sean Walsh, but um, yeah, no, um, that that game will be remembered for a long, long time. And uh, finally, Corf, what 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 are your your two mate? Jose Mourinho equals trophies, remember. That's what I was told um, when he joined the mighty Spurs. So um, they'll come, just uh, you, you don't know what it will be or when. But um, no, cheers to that, guys. Um, I, I sort of went for... Um, well, well, my first one was actually Arsenal versus Borough in 1999 at Highbury. And Arsenal 1-5-1 that day. Um, and Gascoigne was playing for Middlesbrough. Unfortunately, it was the slightly overweight who ate all the pies, Paul Gascoigne. But there was still a bit of magic, uh, magic there. Um, but uh, Arsenal ran riot that day, um, and it was there was something special about Highbury. Um, that you know, we um, no, it was it was full, um, which was always nice. Um, and yeah, that that was my first. I'd say probably my the best match I've I've been to, the best two actually with the with the two sorry cough the two five two wins against Spurs at home, where we started both games pretty dreadfully and ended up um, smashing the next door neighbours um, um, pretty badly. But um, yeah, that alongside Barcelona games at the Emirates. But I I started to get a little bit spoiled when we were in the Champions League. Um, they. They were good times, but um, they they have been and gone. Um, guys, that is everything for podcast number one. Um, I just want to say thank you, first of all. Um, I imagine plenty will agree and disagree with our selections on the England squad. Um, just a quick one to say, remember to follow us on the Twitter. Um, it's uh, at he's hit the bar PO1. Um, send us your thoughts, topics, whatever you want us to have a chat about, we can. Uh, we've got loads coming up over the next few weeks because we're going to have a lot of time on our hands. But, um, um, yeah, cheers, guys. Um, 
And uh, until next week, um, stay home, stay safe and have a beer. And we'll catch up next week. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. Speak to you soon. Cheers, guys.